With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Shane Young from HoopsHabit.com, and you're listening to the Earnestly Speaking Podcast, the best podcast on the web. This is the Happy Hour Network. Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. I'm a giant in New York, in Miami carry heat. So much more in store, my product can flood the street. Opinionation Godfather, CEO. Pop in the late 90s, gon' see me blow. Oh, got my hustle on, no imitation of bad. Army of untouchables, opinionation staff. Never an off-season, homie, check the numbers. Heart drop in my own right, supply and southern comfort. Earnestly speaking, my ego is well fed. Earnestly speaking, you're too feeble and no threat. See up like a hurricane, you're a mild breeze. Earnestly speaking, leaving Eli a dynasty. Podcast presented by the Happy Hour Network as well as NGSSports.com because we never stop. Every week, join here, of course, by the Hot Rob. Guys, follow on Twitter and girls on Twitter at TWSCWLIO. Steelio, once again, scaring me at the, at the buzzer. What's up? Not much, man. I'm chilling. I saw a documentary about the heiress of Samsung when she, when she started dealing weed all across the U.S. or whatever. So, 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 so that's the reason why I got here just in time to start the podcast. It's so many. Hey, hey no, I, I, you know what? I won't even complain. You're here, I'm happy, and we'll, we'll move forward. Right? Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> also today, guest co-host here, one of the contributors here at the Urge Speaking Family here, follow on Twitter at Francois Mark, my man Mark Francois, Straight out of L.A., what's up? Hey, guys, good afternoon and happy Friday. How's everyone doing? 
Not uh, bad, all right. I can't, can't complain, can't complain. It's been a crazy week, huh? A little bad, huh? <laughs> We're having some excitement out here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big show day. Well, we got a good show day, actually. Uh, at 4.30 p.m., we're going to have on Joel Arago, formerly of the 980 The Beast, uh, radio, radio producer as well as on here host. Also, at the end, at the second hour, our course, our weekly Cheap Seats Weekly segment with Matt Weiner of the SportsFanJournal.com. We're talking baseball, of course, at the second hour. Low light on guests this week. Just a reminder, also quickly, too, also, this will be the last show that we're doing for about two weeks. We're taking two weeks off to recharge a little bit, you know, it's kind of you know get you know get set for the uh, for the fall. We got a lot going on this, this coming fall, so take a couple weeks off. Uh, we'll we'll be back soon. Um, but NBA free agency, we thought we thought after Aldridge committed to San Antonio that things were quiet down, and then the saga of DeAndre Jordan happened. <laughs> I mean, look, let me just say right now, real quick, that. To all the people complaining about the fact that DeAndre Jordan, this and that, this whole thing, this whole narrative, this whole back and forth is annoying, go somewhere with that. You know why? Because what are you doing in July? There's nothing going on in July. You're getting free entertainment in July on Twitter. I mean, if you're complaining about that, then you are what's wrong with the world. DeAndre Jordan decides to stay in L.A. after a kumbaya session of, of playing spades and drinking alcohol and 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 crying each other's shoulders, the Clippers hound DeAndre Jordan in his Houston home, and he finally commits to the Clippers as opposed to go to the Mavericks. Mark Cuban's gonna be pissed off. Gee, your thoughts on this whole saga? I actually think people would be too hard on DeAndre Jordan. Like, I I I didn't really care about the timing of a decision, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's the it's a lack of morality or business ethic. It's sports. I, uh, uh, it's entertainment at the end of the day. And if this wasn't entertaining, I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know what, what you consider entertainment. But for DeAndre Jordan, I, I, I just think he was drunk off the attention. You know, he was just he was drunk off everybody visiting him. He, he got overwhelmed. And, he, you know, I mean, you talk about Mark Cuban. I mean, he, he could sell you on anything, you know. So he finally said, hey, this sounds great. Then I think what happened is, Finally came to his senses and said, "What the hell am I doing? I get more money on a better team. I'm just going to stay in that life." Right, Mark. You know that's exactly what it is, and I get I get where Mark Cuban's feelings are hurt. You know, this, this doesn't really happen in free agency where these guys make a handshake deal and then change their mind. People have talked about, oh, what's it going to do to the landscape of free agency? I don't think it's going to do anything. But hey, look, if you're if, if it's your life on the line, and you're talking about the difference of $20 million or $30 million in your legacy as an athlete, especially now, I mean, guys are, guys are judged by their championships. So you're going to want to put yourself in the best possible position to win a championship. And if you're going to get paid more money to play with the devil you know and have a better chance of winning the championship, I'm not mad at the kid for saying, eh, okay, you know what? Thanks, Mark. I'm staying home. Yeah, well, exactly. although although home is really Texas, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That. If we're gonna be like you know specific here, but but here's 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 the thing I think people forget here. This is a, there's a reason why the moratorium exists. It's just principle, and I'm sorry, the people complaining about the fact that oh we need to change these rules and the you know it's it's a handshake agreement. Look, 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 stop it. Okay, you're picking one incident of like. 
thousands, and all of a sudden you want to change the rules now because DeAndre Jordan decided to wait a second. And enough of not, too. There's a good chance that maybe DeAndre Jordan never really committed to Dallas in the first place. Maybe his agent went ahead and assumed that. You know, Dan Fagan and, and Mark Cuban, the boys, allegedly. You know, maybe that, that was the angle there, you know? So let's not, let's, let's not jump the gun and say, and I'm not saying you guys, but everybody else, jump the gun and assume that DeAndre Jordan, you know, committed to Dallas, he himself committed to Dallas, you know, and, and then renege on that, when, when in fact there's a lot more factors in here that we don't, that we ourselves, even in the media, aren't privy to. So I think we need to slow down on that. And I think, you know, and, and, and what G says is correct. G, he made up actually like the attention. So you know what? And, and guess, guess what? So all the folks who think that, you know, oh, Gianna Jordan's out of line, get over yourself. Because if, you, if you're in his shoes, you'll do the same damn thing yourself. The one exactly. thing I will say, though, is provided that Mark Cuban's comments about how, you know, DeAndre wasn't returning any of his phone calls. That's the one thing that I would kind of hang up on and say, come on, bruh. Like, yeah. if you're going to do somebody dirty, at least be man enough to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. It was great. And take the tongue lashing from Mark when he called you a jerk. <laughs> Even Dwight Howard called back to the Lakers and told me he was not going to come back. Even Dwight Howard. And he's a punk. Yes. You know what I will say? I think this whole experience is going to make Mark Cuban an even better businessman. He's going to want everything in writing with everybody he deals with from this point forward. And can we be honest here, and so the, probably the missing thing in this whole conversation really about this whole thing is the fact that, let's be honest a second, and I think G and I, well, well actually, he, I don't think he had signed when we were on the air last week, G, because we, we actually went on a little bit earlier uh, last week. Um, but we had heard rumors about him going to Dallas. Before, before then, w- weren't you and I saying that that was a bad fit anyway? Oh yeah, because basically, like basically, you, you and me agreed on the fact that he's obviously a defensive um, and, and, and a rebound guy. That, that that's the reason why you get DeAndre Jordan, and he has a very limited offensive game, which is around the rim. And if that's the case, you stay with a guy like Chris Paul instead of a team with no point guard. Right, and I think like you know, look, and my, and my point was this: that DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas. Wasn't changing the needle. Yeah, they might be a playoff team, probably seven, eight seed. But DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan means more to the Clippers than does to Dallas. Let's, let's keep it yeah. real. And beyond the fiasco, beyond all this stuff, you know, we were discussing last week about the three, the, the, the top teams in the Western Conference. We were saying San Antonio Aldridge going there. We were saying you know, obviously OKC with a turn Durant, Westbrook, and hopefully they can keep his cancer. Um, and then of course you have uh, you know Golden State defending champions. Now with this fiasco behind them. Let's not forget, the Clippers right now, top 14 in the West, don't forget, they also added Paul Pierce and Lance Stevenson. This is the team back in the picture. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. The Clippers, the Doc, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Doc Rivers and his summer so far. You know, people criticize him as a general manager, but he has made some really sound moves. And I think, you know, especially Lance Stevenson, we talked about this, uh, I think, offline a little bit, Ernest, in yeah. that if anybody's going to be able to get productivity, meaningful minutes, and, and, and real usage out of Lance Stevenson at this point, it's going to be Doc Rivers. I mean, maybe Greg Popovich, but I don't even see him having patience for somebody like Lance. So, to me, the Clippers are a great home for him. Now you've got somebody on the perimeter with Chris Paul who can create a shot, who can create off the dribble, is going to be more effective in that respect than J.J. Redick. 
and is not a bad two-way player. So that, Paul Pierce's experience, reuniting him with Doc, Clippers got a lot filthier this offseason. By the way, who who should get credit for, you know, everyone's crediting Doc Rivers, and I think you want know to get credit for, for, uh, for stimulating this whole process. J.J. Reddick should get more credit for this. Wasn't it, was it J.J. Reddick on the Beach Report radio saying that when he was asked about the offseason that the Clippers should have gotten, should have gotten an F-plus, F-minus? F minus, mm-hmm. yeah. He said they got. He said they failed and they got an F minus in light of losing DeAndre. JJ Reddick should get more credit than anybody because I think what happened. I think what, what, when he said that, I think Doc Rivers and company realized, like, hey, guess what? Our center going to next year is Glenn Big Baby Davis. Holy shiza! We gotta get DeAndre back now. True. Yeah. Yeah, you True. know what I will say? Like uh, at the JJ Reddick said, "Oh, is an F minus." I want to see him say that to Lance Stevenson, though, face to face. Yeah, we got to you on the team. We definitely failed. Uh, I, I, I want to see how that conversation goes over. But Lance, <laughs> your boy Lance, <laughs> well, I know, Lance Stevenson will lay him out without even thinking twice. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Your boy Lance, this. you, you, you know Lance, you're Lance guy. Go- Hi, Mark. I love Lance. I love. Lance. your boy. That, that's Lance. Lance, boy Lance. I, love Lance. Love Lance. I can't. I can't wait to see him blowing in Steph Curry's ear and whatnot. It's gonna be fun. But <laughs> I got a. I got a question for you guys. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Just winking. Wink <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you, you deserve that one, Mark. You deserve that one. Go ahead. Yeah, it. yeah. I can't wait for when they when they play the Warriors and he's like winking at Aisha and blowing and blowing in Steph's ear. I don't know. Wearing a Riley Cooper t-shirt or a, yeah, a Riley Curry t-shirt. He'll do some stuff like that. But no, I'll be honest um, with you. I, I, I miss I miss Indiana Lance. Like last year, it was a bad year. That entire Charlotte team stunk last year anyway. They all sucked. So yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping we get Lance. Like everyone said, oh Lance the punk, dude. I love. I love Lance Stevenson, Indiana. That was so much fun. It really was. And, you know, he brings a lot of that kind of, like, awkward, uncomfortable Dennis Rodman fun, you know, because, like, yes. you had Dennis Pinson guys on the butt and cupping their, their hoo-hahs and whatnot. And <laughs> Lance, Lance just brings all of that stuff back into the fray that, like, happens in the locker room after the game that nobody films and nobody talks about. And he just throws it out there on national TV like what? Yeah, he is that dude. So my question for you, fellas, is, you know, one of the things that we talked about in this whole DeAndre Jordan saga was the relationship with Chris Paul. And, you know, Chris is obviously not nearly as effective as he once was, still a premier point guard in the NBA. Does his future in the season for the season, if you will, uh, become uncertain? Does he find himself a little closer to the trading block than maybe he was a week ago? Gorgie? Oh, Chris Paul? No, I don't think so. I, I, I think because of his age and because of the roster that they have, he, he pretty much knows he's on a limited he's on a limited clock right now. You know, he's not going to go anywhere else and 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 get and get the possible results that he could get with this squad he has here. I, I can't see him fitting anywhere else better because not really he does have a great performance with Blake Griffin at least. You know, so I, I, I think that that means a lot. So no, I I can't see him going anywhere else. I think this is going to be his last stop. You talking, talking about Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul. Yes. Right. It fits. Look, just because he's a little 
he's a dickwad doesn't necessarily mean he's a, he's a, it's a bad thing, okay? Michael Jordan was the same way, too. So was Kobe Bryant, you know? Maybe Jordan's a little bit sensitive. I don't know. But they, look, these two guys can find middle ground. Maybe this whole thing was, was, was blown up too much. But, look, here's the bottom line. Even in, even in Chris, even with Chris Paul being Chris Paul and being a little bit of a douche, Chris Paul still needs DeAndre Jordan. What, what did we just say a little while ago? Without DeAndre Jordan, I can't believe a guy who averages a career eight points, nine boards, is getting much attention. Without DeAndre Jordan, the Clippers are a seven or an eight seed in the Western Conference. Maybe six. With him, they're in the top picture. That's that simple. So they, they I, I believe they'll find some middle ground somewhere. You know, maybe he's a little bit a little bit, but the, I, I think they'll find some middle ground there. Okay. And and, and I'll good. If, if Doc Rivers is supposed to be the great coach he is, he needs to control that then and have him focus on the championship. That's true. That's true. I th- and by the way, you know, you know, the whole Doc Rivers thing, I, mean, we, we, I think we need to start, I think more responsibilities need to go towards Doc Rivers. You know, we sat there doing that Houston series saying, you know, oh, Doc Rivers, you know, he's, you know, who should get blame? You know, yeah, Chris Paul gets some blame, Blake Griffin gets some blame also. Obviously, Donnie Gordon's free throw shoot was horrible, but most of that blame goes to Doc Rivers. Absolutely, and I think, you know, if you're if you're Steve Ballmer now, you know, obviously that deal for Doc was done by Donald Sterling. And I think if you're Steve Ballmer, if you see a team that is as stacked as this team is go out and, and exit the playoffs and say the first or second round again, um, maybe you have to consider not necessarily firing Doc Rivers the coach, but potentially taking a good long look at Doc Rivers, the general manager, and saying, hey, this was a nice idea, this was fun, but let's bring somebody in here so everybody can stay in their lane and be as effective as possible. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, I, you know what I will say? Uh, I, I will say that dinners at the Rivers re- re- residence is going to be really awkward because he didn't even ask his son to come back. That's going to be really awkward <laughs> having dinner <laughs> <in> the house. <laughs> All right, good stuff in there, guys. When we come back, we're going to change course here. We're talking football now. Is RG3 done? Is this a crossroad here for RG3? What's about the Redskins and RG3 in his future next? RG Podcast. You can't hide. I make tracks like I'm homeless. 
rap orgies with Borgie and Best. Capture your bouncy like Elliot Ness. Yes, bless you if you represent the fool, but I hex you with the witch's rule if you do do. Voodoo, I could do what you do. Easy, believe me, frontin' niggas give me heat to cheese me. So why you imitating Al Capone? I be needing Simone and defecating on your microphone. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. You can't run away from these stars. I got, oh baby, hey baby, cause I got a lot, oh yeah. Refugee taking over the Buffalo soldier, the red light roster. On the 12th hour, fly by in my bomber. Who's run for cover? Now they under pushing up flowers. Super fly, two lives do or die. Talk me high, only for fly with my poop from like high. I refugee from Guantanamo Bay. That's around the border like I'm cash. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find Back on the Earn Speaking Podcast once again. Joined here by G Studio and guest co-host today, Mark Francois out of California. Um, talk about football now. We're actually at the point now of the year where there's nothing going on. Like after this weekend, baseball will take its break. All Star Game, which I really don't care about anymore. To be honest, with you, if we're being really honest, um, home run derby barely care about that anymore. If we're being honest, uh, so this next week or so is like towards the deadest of dead. In sports, um, although I will say there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the NFL, the NFL now is becoming, is starting to become a little, again, uh, you know, first priority now. Uh, and you know, G. Steele actually wrote up a, a nice piece up on NGSEsports.com. Check it out about RG3. RG3 being, of course, the, the biggest enigma of the last three or four years. And it triggered it, to me. I, I, I'm interested by this what he said because. RG3, I believe, this is the year, because this also, also is last year on his rookie deal. Um, this, to me, this is a crossroad year. And I, and I know I said it last year, too, but I, feel like, I really believe this year. This number, year number two of Jay Gruden, you know, the skins are in transition. The NFC East really is in transition, to be honest, being totally honest. And, you know, I don't know what to believe anymore RG3. Do you believe that he's, this, he's a guy that maybe he's not prepared for the, for the, for the, the big stage? Is he really, was the rookie year a a you know was that a false narrative was that was that just a a blip in the sky I don't know and I feel like this is the year that if he doesn't get it right this season he'll never get it right is RG three done G in your opinion the short answer yep because <laughs> like that I, I I really just don't see this working out well. I mean, we all saw the way he played last year, and 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 you know what it is? I don't want to sound like I'm an RG3 hater. I actually wish he could go back to that form we saw in his rookie season. Because I've been watching football my whole life, and his performance in his rookie year 
is going to stay in my mind as one of the most exciting performances a quarterback had throughout the whole year. And every week he made the Washington Redskins, who are particularly a laughingstock in the NFL, he made them must-watch football. You know, and, and everything he did was exciting. Then, you know, the injuries happened, the beast of the coaches, and it starts coming out that he, him and his teammates don't get along. Him and his coaches, his coaches pretty much say he's not coachable because he's arrogant. He's pretty much the teacher's pet. When it comes to when it comes to the owner Dan Snyder, I, I don't see any improvement at this point. I, 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 all I'm going to see is three quarterbacks pretty much playing musical chairs in the starting position again. And I think this is going to be bad for Jay Gruden because I actually think Jay Gruden, I think he is a good coach. And and and, and the thing is though, he he kind of made his own bet because he knew he was being put in Washington to to help to help upgrade. You know, um, what what is RG three, and it's not happening. I, I just don't expect anything from Washington this year. Maybe a three or four win season with with RT three probably starting six seven games total again. Now, when you say that, G, do you think that a change of scenery could help? Because look, let's be real here: the Washington Redskins are not the poster child for stability. Okay, they've they've been pretty much one of the most unstable franchises in the NFL in the last really sixteen years since Dan- since Daniel Snyder took over that franchise in nineteen ninety nine. They have been one of the most, to me, the most unstable franchises I, I think I've ever seen in sports. Could you could you see a scenario where he goes somewhere else, and with a new coach, a new setup, that he'll he he can be back not not so much back to what it was rookie year, but at least productive. You know you know I will give the Redskins the Redskins try to, to, to make this to make this offense better for RG three. They, they when he was first here that they had the zone read option. With him and Alfred Morris, they, they killed the league, you know. And and when that was figured out, they, they went and got the Sean Jackson for him. You know, it, it's not like they're just standing. It's not like a Cam Newton situation where they're like, oh, we got a good defense. Good luck out there, Cam. You know, they, they didn't do that to RG3. They, they wouldn't just, like, give him RG3 pieces. I really think it's an arrogance thing with RG3. And, and, and we've seen before that uh, uh, exactly fix the problems. And I'm going right back to my man and Jay Cutler in Chicago. How many of the coordinators he's been through in Chicago? He still has the same problems and whatever. He is what he is. After a while, we just have to expect people to be who they are. And RG3, I think, I, I think this is it. And I think he's going to be a backup somewhere else. I really, oh. Maybe in Philly. Philly, maybe. Be the only spot I can see him at. Mark, my man. You know, I got to – you mind if I jump in here real quick, fellas? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> So when when I when I look at RG three, you know I see when when or let me go back a little bit. So to me, there's two kind of buckets with quarterbacks who can run. There's quarterbacks who can run, but they're really pass first quarterbacks. And then there's running quarterbacks, which is your RG threes and your Mike Picks. That right there gave me pause when when Robert was coming into the league to begin with. But where I think the big disconnect happened was in that I believe it was his second season when Mike Shanahan brought him back, re-injured him, or it it was either he brought him back and re-injured him or he kept him in too long and let him play injured. And from that point on mentally, I don't think RG3 has ever been really the same. And I think too much damage has been done. And I'd be pretty surprised if even a change of scenery does something to change that. I think he doesn't like getting hit. I think uh-huh. he doesn't really like the NFL lifestyle. He has a hard time getting along with the fellas, and maybe it's time to pursue whatever uh, well, degree field he studied at Baylor. Also, that's also like not – okay, look. I think the problem with this, too, also, is that if you look at expectations, expectations and then him going beyond those expectations in his first year. He had a stretch uh, last year and a stretch the year before that where when the skins were – I mean, they're, they're terrible, but 
He played okay football. It's not a good team. It's a terrible football team. No, I'm not saying RG3 is a, is a, is a top 15 quarterback in the league right now. I'm not even saying that. But is it fair to say we've seen just enough good as bad with this guy? I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a second overall pick. Like, yeah, there's gonna be expectations. He was drafted at the end of There's gonna be there's gonna be expectations there. Yeah, I mean, and and the way I can, go ahead, go ahead. Mark. The way but, I but see let's, it let's, is let's, that let's try, uh, let's, try, let's, try, let's try a temper a little bit. Let's, let's try a temper a little bit. Let's say he's a productive quarterback. Okay, fine. He's not gonna be number two overall pick, good. But is he still a quality NFL quarterback? Because that's what that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is he at the point that he can at least be a, a productive quarterback? No. In a word, no. Yeah, I don't the Washington Redskins, the the Washington Redskins are a steaming pile of crap. At best, RG three is a pile of crap with no steam. And, and, I, and, and once again, like I mentioned to Sean Jackson, they, they even went and got on Pierre Garçon. Like it, it, they, they, they tried giving this guy weapons. You know that they, they went out there. They, who's the tight end? I forget his name right now. He was hurt a lot last year. I forgot his name though right now. But they, they, they have their tight end too, who put up Pro Bowl like numbers earlier on. You know, this is Davis? Offense. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like uh, obvi- offensively, like, honestly, if you put Carson Palmer with this offense, they're going to put up more, more than 13 points a game, right? Here's, what, here's what's astounding to me. This is his career numbers right now. 40 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, passer rating of 91 in three years. Granted, a lot of injuries there, but those are his overall numbers. Are we really convinced now that he's done? If I give if I give those numbers to you right now, if I look, if I didn't tell you this, if I didn't tell you those are RGDs numbers, if I tell you here, look on a piece of paper, here these are numbers in, in a three year sample, the numbers I just gave you. And, but I didn't tell you those RG three. You think you oh not bad, but the the name the name RG three is a stained name right now. I think. You know what he said? You can even give me his rushing numbers, and I'll be like, wow, that's great. But do you see me show me that RG3? Because the eye test of you actually watching the game and, and him looking in the sights, uh, there's so many times in the pocket. And, 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 and him, he doesn't even know how to slide sometimes. Like, it seems like he wants to get hit and never play ever again sometimes. You no, know, no, no. You get a point there. Hey, Mark, make a point. He, he, he takes right. the worst hit. He does take the worst hit, I see. Like, you look at guys, even though Cam Newton's pretty much a safety playing quarterback, you, you see guys like Cam Newton and guys like Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, like, all these guys that they, they learn how to run, how to protect themselves. He's just all balls to the wall. Like, I don't want to stay in his mentality. Well, yeah, and I think numbers aside, when you watch, and, and G touched on this, when you watch RG3 play, like when you look at his face on the sideline, he doesn't have a face that says, that dude's about to go out and win this damn game. He, he, just nothing about him conveys that. So I would say that his numbers are good almost in spite of himself. Like his numbers are better. It just speaks to how truly talented and how, how raw his, his, his abilities are. But Imagine how much better he could be if he actually had his mind right. Yeah, like on a thirty seven game sample size, I mean okay, look, I'm not saying that he's not you know, look, fine, he didn't meet up to he didn't meet the expectations that we all thought he'd meet, okay? But he hasn't fallen off the damn cliff. Okay, let me ask you this then, or, uh, both of you. Pick him up, plop him down anywhere you want. What situation, coaching, talent, front office, whatever, do you see as being a productive fit? Send to Philadelphia. <laughs> Come to Philly right now. 
I wish I had more time to discuss I mean, this, to be honest. This is, this is actually an excellent topic. We should talk about this later on in the show. This is actually an excellent topic. I, I, I'm not, look, I'm not saying what you, you guys are wrong with your opinion here. I'm just saying that I'm not ready, I'm not ready to jump off that boat just yet. I think, he, I think he can still recover and be a productive quarterback. That's all I'm insane. So, anyway, forget about, forget about jumping off the boat. I wish you didn't jump off the window right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we come back. Joe Rico joins us next. First week of podcast. Presented by the Happy Hour Network of XSports.com. Because what's he? We love stop. Yeah!
We are back on the Earth Speaker Podcast. Back here with G Stelio. Follow on Twitter at GWSTWLIO. Follow Mark Francois as well. Guest co host today on Twitter at Francois Mark. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, guys, at EJ Christian number seven. Our first guest of the day. Oh, by the way, before we get there, we have some, some tweets in about the RG3 stuff. Rain and Fra- when, I, when I asked, can RG3 turn things around next season? Rain and Freshly replied, no. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be the, seems to be the, the consensus. My thing is, Rain and Freshly, you actually watch football? He's a San Diego Chargers fan, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much football those people watch. Though. My man, Jameson Wells, says, if he's healthy, he'll be okay, but I think he goes to a different team and does well. See, that's what I think also, too. I think I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. Also, at Jay Douglas Davis says, not until he cuts those plates. The dreads. Coats. I'm saying it. I, I, I come off like an RG3 hater, but it's like I, I, I was all about RG3. You know? Oh, you know, last year? Yes! Yes. By the way, I can't wait for the next. By the way, I can't wait to the next segment. Next. The next, uh. The next segment about ranking them. We're going to start a new game called Rank Them. We're going to rank the five guys in sports we wish had, we had, we had their life. Cannot wait for that one. But anyway, our first guest today is a LA Sports Talk host and producer. He covers the Packers, Lakers, basically baseball, NFL, and NCAA football. He's also a writer at the Cover One blog. My man, Joe Arrigo. Follow us on Twitter at Joe Arrigo on Twitter. Joe, what's up? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm good. good I'm good. Um, now, you did hear the RG3 banter going on in the last segment, man. You want to weigh on this real quick? Yeah, you know what? Here's, when it comes to RG3, what messed RG3 up is coming back after the ACL, doing Torres ACL, and Shanahan rushed him back. You know, that's mentally, you have to be mentally tough. I'm not saying he's not mentally tough. He's got an immense talent. Look at the numbers prior to the injury. RG3 was putting up numbers comparable to Andrew Luck. RG3, the, the problem with that offense and what they're trying to do is they're trying to run three different offenses into one. you got Alfred Morris back there. The guy is probably the most underrated running back in the NFL. Feed him the ball. Bring your defenses up. You got a burner with Deshaun Jackson, who only really runs three routes. He doesn't run anything underneath. Everything is over the top, trying to bust off coverage. Garcon can run some intermediate stuff. Get yourself a nice little receiver that can run the stuff down low. Use your checkdowns. Use your tight ends. RG3 in the right system can be productive. I just don't think it's in Washington. I heard you guys ask what teams would, would you know, earlier what would work for RG3. You know, I think there's three teams. One of them won't happen. I think you put him in Green Bay system with Mike McCarthy and those weapons he can really excel. But that's not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is there. But you guys brought up Philly. That could be a good situation. And don't sleep on Houston. He's a Texas native, originally committed to the University of Houston prior to going to Baylor when Baylor slept to go to Baylor. The kids, I think, is from the Houston area. He's got a good offense there. Offense that Bill O'Brien. Really Bill O'Brien's a, a great coach, too. Exactly. And, and so I think that would be a good situation for him. But don't give up on him just yet. I just think he needs a fresh start. I think he needs to get out of Washington Gruden doesn't have any confidence in him, and he doesn't have any confidence in Gruden. Basically, Joe, you have my you you have my my opinion. Like it's not whether look let's 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 go ahead and and, and wave a white flag on the whole thing. He's not going to be predator Andrew Luck. He's not going to be the number two draft pick that we all thought he'd be that, as good as that. But he's still serviceable. That's all I've been trying to say. Absolutely, I would agree with that. I think you put him in a good situation, and he could put up top fifteen. I'm in the top fifteen. I don't think he's in the bottom fifteen. I don't think there's four. I think really between. 7 and 15, he falls in that, you know, really between 15 and 10, falls in that category in the NFL, with NFL quarterback. Excuse me. 
Like, I don't know. Uh, I thought we were still going to talk about RG3. But I am. You wait on this mic. You wait on this mic. I was like, I don't know. Nope. Just want to throw my two cents in about RG3. Good job, Raiden Freshly. Thank you. We were talking in the, I don't, I don't know what he calls it, the green room or the yellow room. You know, pretty much when he plays music. and Champagne room. Yeah, the champagne room. I know Chris Rock said about that, though, right? Yeah. You mentioned before that you might know a little bit more insight on the downfall of the relationship between Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan. You want to let us in on it? Yeah, I, I work for the station that, that covers the Clippers or the flagship station. I worked there this past season as they're producing and, and, and hosting the show. And um, one of the things that got brought to our attention early on um, when it comes to that relationship is really Chris Paul. Um, a, a source that I had with, that was with the organization for decades and was instrumental in helping getting Chris to the Clippers. Um, I said Chris is actually the most disingenuous NBA player there is. That, you know, he puts on the great front for everybody within the media and, and, and whatnot, but behind the scenes, um, he's not really well liked. He doesn't, and he didn't understand the Teflon that Chris has. He's got a championship mentality, or but he's never won anything. He hasn't been past the second round, and I think that's indicative of look at the big games this year. He hit the big shot against San Antonio, but he but those games against Houston, really game five again, he was nowhere to be found. He was not the impact closer that you need in a point guard. The point guard is supposed to lead the team. The problem with the Clippers last year is the whole team was self-entitled. And that, come, that starts at the top and it bleeds down. Chris Paul self-entitled. Ray Griffin is kind of taking that same type of mentality where I, I don't found me, don't touch me, I'm going to cry. I'll, I'll take the heart and soul of that team was three guys. It was DeAndre Jordan, who I think made the right decision to stay in there. Um, Jamal Crawford, who I think is the best person in the NBA. And actually it was Matt Barnes as well. Matt, they're, they're glue guys. They're guys that in that locker room, people trusted and went to, and they would tell it like it is. Um, and, you know, from Chris, who criticizes DeAndre quite openly um, or privately, Chris doesn't put the work in outside the court, according to people I've talked to within the organization, yet he wants to blame DeAndre for what DeAndre is not doing. Being there, I did every home game. We were at Staples. We were inside. DeAndre was out there two and a half, three hours prior to tip-off shooting free throws. DeAndre was working on his game constantly, but nobody else was out there. Blake came out later, then Chris would come out and a few other people. But, but DeAndre actually, his stroke doesn't look bad from the line. And, and while he's shooting those free throws alone, he's making 7 out of 10. But when he gets to the game with, with the loud sounds and everything around the arena, you know, he loses focus. And I, and I think, you know, when he came out of high school or he came out of college out of A&M, they said that DeAndre was 20 going on 12. And that's mentally-wise. And that's what Deion, Josh is a big kid. He's a fun-loving guy. But he takes his craft seriously. And Chris is freezing him out of, of you know, high-fiving his teammates and then leaving DeAndre alone. You know, So do you think that maybe uh, Chris Paul, now that seeing the fact that Chris, DeAndre actually threatened to go to Dallas and actually had a deal in principle with the Mavericks, do you think that, that may influence Chris Paul to change his ways a little bit? Nope. Chris is on a banana boat with LeBron and Wade and whoever else. The people that were down there... People, the people that were down there were Blake, Doc, uh, you know, and, and this, this is what I think sealed the deal for DeAndre coming back. Um, sources told me that when you have Jamal Crawford personally calling DeAndre and saying, "Look, man, I'm proud of you for making a decision to benefit your family for the future, man. Best of luck down there. You know, I'm proud of you, bro." 
they're friends. They are literally friends outside of the arena. Blake Griffin's his best friend. And when he asked Blake during the season, Blake, what are you going to do? Are you going to re-up when your contract comes up in two years? Blake said, don't worry about me. Get your money right now. You worry about you. Whatever you do, we're still going to be cool. So when you've got guys like that in your locker room, and really Sam Cassell as well, and I'll say this, Sam Cassell is going to be a hell of a head coach. He's already running the Clipper practices. You know, I'm not sure how personally how committed Doc Rivers is to being the Clippers head coach. I think Doc is more committed to his golf game. I, I look at I look at what I seen this year. I seen Sam Cassell running practices, running running the shooting lines, doing everything he can, treating practices like his game seven of the NBA Finals, where he he was trying to stress that urgency and that intensity that you need. And I don't know if it was accepted or because of he wasn't the head coach and it wasn't coming from Doc. It, it, it was reciprocated by the team. Hey, let me ask you something, Joe. As somebody who spent some time around the team, I look to the addition of Paul Pierce, a guy who's had two finals appearances. He's got a ring. He knows Doc's system. He's an L.A. guy. He's a glue guy. Do you see him kind of working with Chris Paul saying, look, man, I get what you're trying to do, but this is how you lead. Chris Paul's 30-plus years old. Chris Paul is who he is. I don't think so. You can't, you can't, you, a tiger can't change the stripes. And that's just the bottom okay. line. Chris Paul is one of the, the best pure point guards, maybe the best pure point guard in the game in terms of traditional point guards, but he's not the best point guard in the game. I can name two other Western Conference point guards that I would take ahead of Chris Paul right now. If Wizards are the starting team, <laughs> not Damian Lillard and, and Steph Curry. Lillard, Lillard and Curry are the, to me the two best point guards in the West. And I and, and then yeah. I think you have Westbrook, and, and then you whoa, 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 then you'll have. What about my man Russell Westbrook, bro? Well, I had him third. I, look at, oh. here's 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 the thing with Westbrook, and it's the same on the same lines as John Wallace and on the same lines as Derrick Rose. I think they are so athletic and they're so freakishly athletic. Their body breaks down because they're so athletic. Now I I just don't trust that he's got more of a shooting guard mentality. Look at growing up, I grew up in L.A. My best, the best point guard in, to me was, was Magic Johnson. But then as, as a child, as I got older, and really when I got into my teens, um, I got a chance to watch a point guard that I played a lot like when I was playing ball, and that's Kenny Anderson, who has now become Woo! By the way, that's a brag, Joe, a friend of the show. This is a record. He's a friend of the show. He's a regular on the show. Uh, and that, a that, that's a great thing. And and Chibs is one. I guess Chibs is one of my closest friends. So so I patterned my game after Kenny. Kenny was a traditional point guard. He could score when he wanted to, but he looked to pass first. He looked to to lead a team. I see Chris Paul looking to pass first. He tries to lead, but throwing temper tantrums on the court doesn't get it done. Paul Pierce, as a person that grew up. Again, if you had to ask me who my favorite team was, I would say the Lakers. I had lost a lot of respect for Paul Pierce when he cramps up and has to take a wheelchair to, 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 and then comes back on the floor. I'm a Heat fan. Look, I'm a Heat fan, so I've, I've gone through wars with the Celtics the last, last couple of years. Trust me. I got no love for Paul Pierce. That's, that's for damn sure. Um, so, that being said, but, that being said, this is a record. The best record of all time is Isaiah Thomas. This is a record, though. Let's, let's not get that twisted, though. The best point guard of all time, you said? Well, after, after, magic, after, after Magic. After Magic. After Magic. Maybe I'll say the best point guard under six feet or under is was Isaiah Thomas. Okay. I, I, think, I think you have legitimate. I think that's legit right there. Um, I'll say this, though. To answer your question completely, I think the 
the addition of Pierce allows them to lengthen their bench, something that Doc did into last year when he messed up a free agency. He let Darren Collison walk, who was a glue guy for that team, because he wanted Haas and Farmer for financial purposes. What separated that deal was $700,000. You cannot <laughs> let a glue guy walk for $700,000 when you got a billionaire as your owner. I'm sorry. And yep. look at Haas and Farmer right now. Neither one of them are on the team. He got rid of Barnes because Barnes would stand up to him. And now Barnes is in Memphis. And I, I think when that Barnes comes back to L.A., he, you're, you're looking at trouble. So, but I think I like the Deshaun Stevenson. They're going to re-sign Austin. They, they picked up the uh, the center for, the backup center from Oklahoma City today as well, and they brought Big Baby back. So, I mean, they lengthen their bench. That's going to help them. But I don't know if they have enough to get out of the West because I still think Golden State until you be, until you beat the champ, you can't you can't be the champ. And I think with all the dishes San Antonio made, you're going to have a hell of a time getting past them. Mark, any questions? No, man, you you killed it for me. Absolutely answered all my questions. Give, great, man. Give, give, wait, wait, wait. Give me a Laker question. A Laker question. Okay. Omar? Okay. So we talked about this a little bit. We talked about this a little bit in the green room. Give me your your no BS analysis, top to bottom, kind of what how you think the Lakers did in draft, free agency, and what you think the ceiling is for next year. I'm going to start with the draft. I think the Lakers have one of the best drafts in the NBA, but I throw with the caveat because I include Robert Upshaw as a draft pick. Um, when you have a seven-foot center that plays a lot like DeAndre Jordan, but a right-handed version of him, he led the NCAA in rebounding the block. He was leading the NCAA in block shots prior to being removed from uh, Washington's team. Hey, what was it, 81, 81 blocks in 19 games, I think it was? Yeah, it was, his average, I think it was 4.9 blocks a game. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm. You put him and you let him learn – how to be a pro and you put him in a situation where you have the most alpha of alpha males in the NBA with Kobe there, he's going to make sure that kid stays on, you know, right. Stays on his piece of cues. Byron Scott's an OBS guy and he's going to have Kareem there. Kareem will work with him. That's something that people don't understand. Kareem likes to work with the young guys and Upshaw has a lot of potential. Now you look at D'Angelo Russell, who to me, Ernest, you know, you, you've seen the tweets. I thought D'Angelo Russell was the best player in this draft. Yeah. I would have taken him number one. I would have taken him number one overall. He's got that it factor to get him at number two. Nancy's was a pick. I would have liked to uh, retain Christmas right there to get, get a big man. But Nancy, you know, you have an athletic three that could play the four, something that the NBA is gearing towards nowadays. And you got Brown from Stanford, who who can shoot the three and play pretty. Deep. He's a guy who can get the swing guy. So you, you got good guys there. I like the draft a lot. I like a lot of the moves they made out. Going for Aldridge, you're trying to get Aldridge. You're trying to hit. You're trying to hit the grand slam. Two runners on. It was a shot in the dark. He met with them a second time. I was told because he really wanted to come there. But the realization was, and they both walked away with the same realization that when your core players are 22, 20, and 19, and you're 30 years old already, it's just not a good fit for both parties. And I think Lakers fans wow. need to be real happy that it's a blessing in disguise. Aldridge did not sign, and now he's been burdened with a 20 million dollar contract <laughs> for two or two or three more years. Um, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre again, was either, it was one of the LA teams or it was going to be Dallas. The Lakers again, it would have been a long shot. Kobe called him three times to talk to him, talk to him into coming. Um, the day they met, it really was just a bad time to meet. He met with Dallas for four and a half hours. Lakers flew to Washington or they flew back across country just to meet him. They both retired. It just wasn't a productive move. But the next and by the way, and, and, and by the way, too, also, Joe, I think, I think, to be honest with you, I think what they've done with, you know, and we'll talk about this later on on the Hot Five, guys, you know, with, you know, Hibbert, yeah, I know he, the, the memes, and he's a, he's a kind of a doof, whatever. But getting Lou Williams, Hibbert, some of these guys, look, they're not going to be a playoff team next year, I don't think. But I think they're going to be a lot more productive this year, than they, next season, than they were last year. I think they're 
ceiling is 35 wins. Fine. Right, I'm going to couch you on that. I'm going to ask Joe. Joe, uh, tell me if you agree. I think some timely help some better-than-expected play from Roy Hibbert and production from the youngsters, I don't think a 7 or an 8 seed is out of the question, even in a stacked Western Conference. Am I crazy, Joe? You're crazy. No, I actually agree with that. I actually agree with that. No, I get out of here. Is, is, well, well, let, me, let me tell you, I, I, you know, Brandon Bass is a, a, a very underrated move. You know, you got a big man that can give you 10 and, 10 and 7 a game, and he's coming off the bench. And then, you, you know, Hibbert is going to play defense behind Julius Randle. Understand, Randle's defense has always been the knock on him, besides his health. You know, you get a guy that's a shot blocker and a rim protector, and then you even have Upshaw there. You still have Sokra there. You've lengthened your bench, and, you, and you've got, you have bigs now that can help that complement what you have at the power forward position. So you have that. one. Then you, and then, you know, at the end of the day, Clarkson to me is one of the guys that is going to be an X factor. Is he that guy? That is the you know, first team rookie. Is he that guy that's going to be a six man or a starter? I thought he was a better two guard than a point guard. Now they have the pure point guard in Randall, who people say he's a combo guard. No, he's a point guard. He's got a point guard mentality, and and I think honestly he, he's going to win rookie of the year. I think he'll within two years he'll be mentioned in the same breath as Lillard, as Westbrook, as Curry. He's going to be mentioned in that same breath, and within five years maybe be the best point guard in the NBA. I think his, his ceiling is that high. I and I've firmly believe that the kid gets it. And, you know, being around the team, being at, being at some of the summer league practices earlier this week, when I'm watching him command the offense, when I'm watching him command what the guys, where he wants guys, the passes he's making, he's got an advanced mentality when it comes to playing the point guard position in the NBA. And furthermore, when Kobe is pitching Aldridge saying that this Russell kid, I've talked to him repeatedly, this kid gets it. He's going to be a stud. He's going to be one of the best point guards in the league. You come on board. We we have something special. You you have you have the mama signing off on you. That that that's big. But I think the eight seed, and I say that with this with this in mind. I think it's an eight seed if Kobe plays about fifty to sixty games. You can't get Kobe for eighty one, and you can't have Kobe be the shot taker that he has been in, in the past. I think we're going to see glimpses of Kobe showing, you know, the old school Kobe where he, he can hit you for forty on a night. But we're not going to. But the next day he's going to have to rest. They're going to have to take a very cautious approach to Kobe. And Kobe has to embrace his new role. His new role is to teach that same mentality that he has to Randall, to Russell, to Clarkson. And he already started with, with Randall and Clarkson. He's really got to get it with, with, with Russell, get in his ear, and show him the way he wants the Lakers' tradition dictates Lakers to be. And I think, and I think that same homeless falls on Magic Johnson with Russell as well. If you're Magic Johnson and you love the Lakers so much, your ass needs to be down there working with Russell showing Russell being a bigger point guard, how to play point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. If he's not doing that, it's not for Magic to put his money where his mouth is. Because you know, Magic likes to run his mouth. And I don't and, – and, and, and people can talk about, you know, the meetings they had with, with the free agencies and how much they failed with that. You know, I look at two people. I don't necessarily look at Mitch. I look at Jeannie Buss, who gets no blame in anything, and I look at Jim Buss. But to me, Jim has always been – Thank you. If, if Jim – if, if things go right, Mitch Kupchak made a move. If things go wrong, blame Jim. It, it's not necessarily like that. Jim is really taking a step back from the day-to-day operations and really letting Mitch do his thing. Mitch controlled the draft. Mitch controlled free agency. Mitch, Mitch uh, has dictated the terms. In other words, Jim's a, scape, Jim's a scapegoat. In other words. 
He, he is a scapegoat. But in Genie, on the other hand, you go in these meetings, people don't care about what Time Warner is going to do. They don't care about what AEG is going to do and how you can make money outside of your marketing ability. Nobody cares about that. These players don't want to win. They want to talk about championships. What are we going to do on the court? And that's something the Lakers got to get back to doing, focusing on on the court. Don't worry about L.A. to L.A. or D12, please stay. That's embarrassing to your brand. You don't see the Yankees doing that, trying to get somebody to come to New York. You don't. You don't see the Green Bay Packers doing that, trying to get somebody to go to Green Bay or Pittsburgh or New England. You don't. You don't see that. You, what you see is teams. This is how we win. We draft. We develop. We our scouting department is better than everybody else's, and we use some analytics. And the Lakers can't continue to turn our blind eye to analytics. Right. I'm not an analytical well, guy, but it, it's something right. that that teams need to have a, a bigger. Um, it has a bigger impact with players nowadays. I like that you touched on the need for the Lakers. I like that you touched quick, on quick. the... Uh... Oh, no, go ahead, Ernest, go ahead. No, no, so we're, we're short on time, so we're over time. So. I was going to say, I like that you touched on the analytics thing because there was an interview today in L.A. with Mitch Kupchak, and he even said, in not so many cryptic words, was that the the interviews that they had this summer have really taught them their need for analytics as it as it pertains to attracting free agents and ultimately making the team better. Well, he, Mitch is absolutely right. He has to do a better job of trying to be progressive and not reactive. And I think that's one thing the Lakers used to be is extremely progressive and extremely ag- extremely aggressive. Now they're just aggressive, but they're reactive as well. You need to be a forward-thinking team. Jerry West plotted for three years to get Shaq to L.A. What he had to do, he plotted how to get Kobe to make the trade for Kobe and Sonny Carl making moves behind the scenes with Kobe's people saying he's not going to go to New Jersey if they draft him. He'll go play in Europe. You have to be extremely smart about what you're doing. And I think Mitch is understanding that more now. And an eighth seed for them would be great. You know, in all honesty, they got to deal with Nick Young, who who just was a shell of himself last year. He's a knucklehead. Let's call it Nick Young is a knucklehead. And like, like the whole the whole stuff, the 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 comedy that was cute two three years ago, stop. That's got to stop. He's I agree, and, and he he is a caricature of himself. And I think I think that 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 hurts that hurt that team. You can't have that mentality in that team, and that's why you see guys like Jordan Hill. That's why you see guys like Nick Young on their way out of town because of the mentality that they had and the guys that they have in. You have a D'Angelo Russell who's a basketball nerd. And he's a, he just right. lives, breathes, eats, sleeps basketball. You need more of those type of guys in there. And I think that's, that's the way you're seeing them go. And you look at the Robert Upshaw kid, you're going to have this team riding that kid. And tonight when you watch the, their, their summer league game on NBA TV, watch this kid play. This kid has ups. Now, I'd like to see him go to his left more. He uses the right a lot. But you got a kid that could be very special. It's a high-risk, high-reward, no or no-risk, high-reward type move. This guy could be a starter by the end of the year if things, you know, with Hibbert don't go right. And this could be a guy that down the road they have another nice building block. He's projected to be a lottery pick. So if you're a Lakers fan, you have to feel a lot better. And, and right now for basketball in L.A., for any, any, any fan of basketball, it's, NBA is always better when the Lakers are better. It is like if, right. if the end of the end, Major League Baseball is better when the Red Sox and the Yankees are, are viable. And it's the same thing with football when you have Dallas and Green Bay and New England and San Francisco viable. The leagues thrive that way. You need to have the bad guys. And if the Lakers are, are looked upon as a bad guy, the fans, great. If not, you know what? It is what it is. But playoff team, maybe this year, I think next year, if things go right, you're looking at a number like six seed. And then after that, this team has to see if the skies are really this team. Well, anyway, we're short on time now, but thanks, Joe, coming on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Arrigo, all this great work. Um, 
LA Sports Talk uh, on here, producer and host. We'll talk soon, Joe. That's definitely the inside. Thanks for the, especially the Clippers inside, man. Really appreciate that, man. All right, guys. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, All right take care. You got it, man. Take care. You got it. All right, that was Joe Rigo, formerly of 980's Beast in LA, right here on the Earth Speaking Podcast. Let's take a quick little break. We're a little, we're a little over time, actually, guys. We'll come back. We're going to do our uh, rank em segment next on the Street Podcast. Shows. By the way, G, have you noticed that the, we haven't seen a rainy, rainy freshy podcast in about two or three weeks now? Have you noticed that? No, yeah, I actually talked to him. He said he had to get a new mixer and whatnot. He's he's kind of he's upgrading his he's upgrading his show. He's he's fine. Well, he's okay. Doing good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's doing okay. He's tweeting me about football stuff. Either he hates right. football. Well, okay. 
Go Rams, right? Right, 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 Raiden? Go Rams. <laughs> LA oh, Rams. Rams. Um, so we're, we're going to start. Yeah, I know. So we're going to start a new game today. And we, we, a new game, we, you know, it's a Power Rankings game, really. We're going to call the game Rankem. And this week's topic, and I have to kind of sort of give Colin Coward credit here a little bit for this, because he kind of sort of triggered this idea uh, on, on one of his shows on Tuesday, I think it was. Um, like, I think he had started, he had started a topic about who's rusty, Tim Duncan, Corey Bryant. And it, it kind of triggered this idea. So, we're going to start a new game called Rankum. And today's topic is rank five athletes of all time that you would trade places for and want their life. So, who wants to go first? Don't let me. I got a couple of weird ones. I got a couple oh, of weird ones. So, I'll go up. All right. Number five. Right, so, in order, in order. Yeah, so work, working my way up to the one I want the most. Number five, Joe DiMaggio. I would have loved to know what it was like to play baseball at a time when the writers were friends to the players. Marilyn Monroe and the unbreakable record. True. Number four. Okay. Number four, Jack Nicholas. I, I think that one kind of goes without saying. I, I think now what, what we... Yeah, Jack Nicholas made the money. He's got, again, he's arguably greatest of all time in his field. Tiger's probably never catching that that major mark. So, yeah, Jack Nicholas. Number three, Cristiano Ronaldo. As somebody who's new Whoa! to the soccer game. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, we're talking stupid money. The guy can dunk Irina Shakes, for God's sake, and bounce back like nothing. And I would just love to know what it's like to feel that global love of being an international soccer star. That's something that very few athletes, even in the United States, can lay claim to. And these soccer players are on a completely different level as their global brand. Number two, Kobe Bryant. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that one merits no explanation. Homer. I'm an L.A. homer. Yeah. And number one, Michael Jordan. The icon of sports marketing, okay. the greatest of all time, and the last guy who got to be a complete prick before social media and never got all his bad habits blown up in public. <laughs> True. All right, G-Studio Omega. All right, uh, number five on my list is uh, Cam Chancellor of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and the, the reason why five. I say Cam Chancellor... Because growing up as, like, the Puerto Rican guy, I, I, I pretty much, I, I always weighed, like, 150, like, 180. I'm, I'm like, 5'9", five 5'10". Five I, I want to know what it feels like to be the scariest, strongest black guy in, in any room I walk into. So, so that's why I want to be Cam Chancellor, because I, I just feel like that's, that's the most empowering feeling ever, to be the scariest black guy in a room. So, so that's number five. Number four is Maria Sharapova. And the reason why I say Maria Sharapova is because I'll be taking new tapes of myself after I come out the shower every single night. <laughs> <laughs> and and number three on my head is a hockey player, Mike Fisher of the Nashville Predators. You know who Mike Fisher is, guys? He's the guy who's married to Carrie Underwood. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say. I would love to live that guy's life. To just be married to Carrie Underwood because you do whatever you want to do to Carrie Underwood and Gee, she don't cuddle. Plan, Gee, she don't cuddle though, bro. Gee, I, I don't get. You, you know what? 
I don't cuddle though, bro. I, I, I just cuddle with her paycheck, son, because she got kids with me. So it don't matter. That's my money for the rest of my life. That can argue with me. And number two on my what? list. Shoot, number two on my list should be no surprise. I sweat this guy. I don't care what anybody says, and that's Alex Rodriguez. And, and, and you know why I admire him so much? Because he's hated. Probably the most hated athlete in the last 20 years, and he doesn't care. He smiles in the cameras. He's smacking home runs. He pretty much says, I can smack you with my wallet. It doesn't matter. You're, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not going to knock, you know, knock you off my high. Number one should be everybody's right number there. one. No surprise. It, that, 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 number one should be everybody's number one. Cause I think when you're a boy growing up, you're, you're envisioning yourself playing sports. You're envisioning yourself just being the greatest of all time, and that is Tom Brady. I mean, the, the guy's life is perfect. Just a perfect human being, a perfect life, a perfect sports, the, the sports resume. Tom Brady's a no-brainer at number one. I like the list, man. Uh, creative. You went female, too. I like that. All right, here's my list. I, I, number five. I, 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 I really like the Sheriff Hover. Huh? The Sheriff Hover one I really like. <laughs> okay, I went a little homer here, but number five, Dwayne Wade. He is in Miami. That's it. Minus the crazy ex-wife. He's married to Gabriel Union. He has a great life. Three rings. Lives in Miami. No state tax. Come on. Really? So Dwayne Wade is on my list. No state tax? No, but, but for that, for that, I'd want to be you then. If you're going to bring up no state tax. So yeah, I'd rather be EJ Chris. Hey, you're your dumbass in New York. It's your problem. Number four, Michael, Michael Jordan. And the only reason, the only reason Jordan's low on my list, he lives in Charlotte. Sorry. No. Charlotte. Pretty gross. Ain't Miami, ain't L.A., ain't New York. Get out of here with that. For four is Jordan. Go low on my list. Number three, the mom by himself, Kobe Bryant. Los Angeles. Don't give a damn. And by the way, Kobe post-03 is a, is a very Kobe. You know why? Because Kobe stopped being fake right, after 03, okay? Yeah. Kobe yep. stopped, stopped caring people about him, and he went and became YOLO Kobe. I love Kobe now. And Kobe on Twitter, too, especially... Kobe don't give a damn what you think. And I like that. Number two, the man. The, the guy who I've said for the last five years has won at the game of life. Tom Brady. Perfect yep. here. Nine figures. Great wife. Great ex-wife. Get any girl he wants. Will be a Hall of Famer. 1B quarterback all time. Next to Montana, in my opinion. Tom Brady, perfection. And number one, I got my all-time favorite athlete. Mr. Urban Magic Johnson. Minus the HIV, of course. The guy has... The guy... <laughs> the guy has HIV as your number one. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Of course. You're insane. You're insane. Is it possible... Is it possible that he's just as successful as a businessman as he is on the court back in his playing days? Dude owns everything. He has a piece of the Dodgers, piece of Starbucks, piece of Burger King, piece of my bedroom, piece of, of my apartment. Yes. He got HIV, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what, though? Yeah, you know what I can imagine, Johnson? Yes, he, he also has the cure. He also he has, has the cure. He looks great. He has the cure. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yo, I have HIV, but I got the cure to fix it, and then you don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Well, did you guys see that episode of South Park with, with Magic? Did you guys see oh, that yeah. episode of it, South Park with Magic money? here? Yep. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> Blend it up and inject it. Holy crap. That was great. 
That was a good segment. Man. That was a fun segment. I really think I really think we, we should let the listeners vote uh, who's the best because I'm pretty sure mine's twins. So that's the reason why I want to say that. Hey, can I throw some honorable mention to a name that both of y'all probably don't even know, and it's for an oddball reason. Dom Dwyer of the Kansas City Fire MLS team, because he's married to my woman crush of all woman crushes, UCLA and women's national team World Cup champion, Cindy LaRue. Just to be married, I would kill to be married to Sydney for a week. She's the one with the badass tattoos, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, she plays off yeah, the yeah, bench. She's she a half-black yeah. half girl from Canada. Ooh, she's a bikini yeah. model that plays soccer. Yeah, she's cute. She is cute. All right, we'll come back. Hot Five. G's for a segment next. Let's podcast. Podcast back here with the man G Studio on Mark Francois. Once again, thanks to Joe Rigo coming on the show for the first hour. We still got Matt Weiner coming on later on the show at about five forty PM. Um Yeah, that was that was a good segment. That, that rankum segment is pretty cool. I think I'm gonna keep that. That's, that's a keeper, man. That's a keeper. Yeah, you, you just replay that segment over and over. 
Oh, dude, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm actually have that as a standalone podcast. Which, by the way, if you go to SoundCloud.com slash Ernestine Speaking, you get the best of. You get all the, the, the little dailies. You get like some of the clips from the radio show, from the podcast. Um, all the best so of that, moments that, that, of the so, show. So pretty much the, the best of your show is just me talking. So everybody should, should tune into that. Oh, really? Yeah, really. It's the highlight of this show. Shut the hell up! Shut up! I can always tell. I can always tell when you're trying to find the sound effect. Awful. Stay low. Awful. Stay low. Stay low. EJ, EJ, you on Periscope? Because Ted Hicks asked if you on Periscope. No, no, I'm not. By the way, Raiden Freshy says, Dylon, 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 and Dylon. I hate Raiden. fire. How is that? It's time, G. All right. Ready to go, G? Hot five. Yep, here goes the hot five. Hot five topic number one. Report and turn the big news that Deron Williams <laughs> and the Nets, they finally, finally agreed on the buyout. Um, we talked about this in the green room. Dallas Mavericks are going to get, uh, are gonna get T-Will services. Um, is this going to change anything for the crack for the crackhead that we call Darren Williams over here in New York, EJ? Oh no, the net comes out and up in bunches. Well, look, here's the thing. I mean, there has been there has not been a more disappointing player, maybe top three, in the last three or four years that I've seen in this league than Darren Williams going to Brooklyn. He was terrible. Okay. Now that being said. Even last year, there were moments last year when he played well. There were some moments where he played well, but there's a sports style coming out here that allegedly that he had his falling out with Lionel Hollins, and at one point he had to be restrained. Um, funny enough, this guy has issues, issues with, with coaches. He got he he drove Jerry Sloan to retirement in Utah. Yeah. So I'm Which curious about how him and Rick Carlisle get along now. So in Rondo and Rick Carlisle, and that's a dash last year. The rumor is now that. Uh, Williams will be going to be uh, signing the two-year deal with the, with the Mavericks, the buyout official. Um, I tell you, he could help. He's, he's close enough home now. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I think he's still pretty good. I just, but obviously, nowhere close to what he was four or five years ago at the top, man. Definitely disappointment to me. Mark, Mark. No, you know, I I think Darren's never been able to get his uh, get his feelings unhurt since he got traded and found out about it on Sports Center like four years ago. But the guy's done. He's washed up. I mean, unless he can lose, unless he can lose 15, 20 pounds and get a little bit of that quickness back, without that first step, that crossover, I mean, he's really, he's got nothing. Like, what do you look at and just say, okay, well, you know, he still sees the floor well, or he's got great handles? No, he doesn't do anything well. So I think I think this is going to blow up in Dallas's face. But hey, at least he gets to play at home and sleep in his own bed every night. I hope he breaks both his ankles before the postseason starts. I hate him. I wish him the worst. Goodbye, Darren Williams. Goodbye. Um, top five topics number two. Greg Hardy. His suspension was knocked down from a ridiculous ten games to now or even more ridiculous only four games, EJ. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this? Especially considering the charges that were brought against him, the police reports which everybody has read, and the fact that Tom Grady is allegedly only getting four games for, for the play yeah. game. Like, it, that, that, yeah. that, the, math, the math makes no sense to me, EJ. 
this is right if, I just if think Greg it's- Hardy lost six games on this, then Tom Brady's playing week one. Exactly. Well, just saying. I'm just really happy to see that Roger Goodell is a man of his word and that he learned from the Ray Rice scandal and that we're really taking the whole issue of domestic violence by the horns here, you know? And and not only that, the thing the, the thing he did was twenty times worse than Ray Rice. I want to say plenty oh. of time. Now, but, you know, can I get some horns? Can I get some horns for Roger Goodell? <laughs> 20 times worse. Um, Fire him now. Goodell's done. I'm done with Goodell. No, I'm good with I'm good with Roger Goodell. I like him. Um, hot five top. Oh, shut up, Former Pacer David West. Whatever. Literally a dollar option. Can, can you shut up so I can read, so I can read the segment, EJ? Do you need to be put in a corner on your own show, Ernest Christian? <laughs> Do you need a timeout right now, EJ? This is a podcast. I can't see you, so it's hard for yes. you're going to talk over me, all right? All right, so can I do this? Are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Former Pacer David West declined his $12 million option to play for the San Antonio Spurs for a mere $1.4 million. Should West be fired for this, Mark? I love hey, you know what? I love the move. You know, I, I absolutely love this because he sees he sees the forest from the trees. He's gotten paid. Who the hell? Okay, who the hell wants to live in Indianapolis if you're not about to win a championship anyway? I've been there. It's it's not pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's not. <I've> been <laughs> it's but I mean Indiana is an absolute dumpster fire apart from from Paul George, and I hope Paul finds a, a better place or some, some new talent around him because I love his game. But I love the move by David West, and I hope he gets a championship out of it. Hey, that's hey, a better man than me, though. Never been all on the table to go to San Antonio. Better man than me. Personally, I don't think I could have done it. That's a lot of money. Look, I could see taking maybe three or four million less for $11 million less. That's a lot of money, dude. Um, good. I mean, look, I'm, I admire for the fact he can do something like that. That's a lot of money. Um, I, w- I personally would have done it. I mean, I'm, I'm just being straightforward. If you put some soccer guys, oh, championship first, dude. Let me know the difference. Yeah, I'm taking the money all day. And gee, I know you would too. Yeah, but you, got, you know what? And, and, and David West, and David West's defense, if this is gonna be his last year, and, and according to stuff I read, he has like 80 or 88 million dollars saved. Like he's been really good with his money. You know, and, and he does come. He does come across as one of the smarter guys in the league. He's very, very well, well disciplined and stuff. Always a leader in the locker room. And and if this is truly his last year, he's like, you know what? The hell with it. Let's let, let, let's just do it. I'm gonna go with San Antonio. It is my best option in my mind to win a championship. You know, so I, I mean, for me, yeah. I, I mean, it's independent though, because if you're that late in your career and the window is there, then then, then maybe you, you you do forfeit that money for the championship. I wouldn't. Well, but, and, you know. <laughs> hey, if you're leaving, if you're leaving eleven million dollars on the table in Indy, how messed up is it, and how much do you hate going to work every day? Yeah, you know, like, here's eleven million dollars. Wait, 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 wait. To be fair, also, Mark, Indiana will be good next year. I think they're going to be. I think they'll play next year. I think they got Monte Ellis. They got a nice little roster. They're changing their pace now. They're, they're going to be a more faster team now. I think they'll play next year. Okay. Um, speaking of Indiana, uh, Indiana Pacers center Roy Hibbert was traded to the Lakers. Is this actually a positive move for LA Mark? 
absolutely it's a positive move. You know, obviously, we, we can talk about Roy ever being slow. He's been a shadow of himself the last couple of years, especially in the playoffs. But here's the thing. Having a guy that size with the kind of footwork that Julius Randle has and the lack of defensive prowess, it's going to give the Lakers uh, a totally different look on, on perimeter defense, which has plagued them going back to 2011. So I think in the short run, in a year for a year or two, adding Roy Hibbert to the mix is a great move. Is it? I think I think this is a good move. You're getting Roy on a contract here, number one. So if he's not motivated to play much better to, to, to remain in the league, then I know what to tell you. But at, at the very least, look. The Lakers struck out on home runs, but it, they made some decent moves. Lou Williams, Roy Hibbert, you know, Brandon Bass, all productive players. Look, I think the Lakers are going to be a 30-35 to 35 win team next year, and who knows, maybe things break right for them next season. Who knows? I mean, you know, maybe Dallas falls apart, and then they maybe they can win 40 games. I don't know. I mean, the Lakers are – I will say this much with the Lakers. They are better now than they were at this point last year. They're a decent trade and some very tight. I said I, the Lakers to me are a decent trade and some very tightly held away from being a 50 win team and being in that 6 7 8 discussion. Right. I agree. G? Uh, I don't care. It's Roy Hibbert. I mean, he's a rim protector. Like, whatever. I don't care. And I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm a Nets fan, but I'm not a Lakers hater. I'm a huge Kobe guy. And in fact, for the last two weeks on this podcast, I've been saying, as a Louisville fan, I should hate Joseph Randall, but I don't. I think I think he's going to be a star in this league for for many many years. And 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 there's nothing to not like about the point guard you got from Russell. So uh, I think the Lakers are fine. They just don't rush anything. I, I think they're doing everything fine. Um, top five topic number five. U.S. women's soccer team, soccer team won the World Cup in dominating fashion over Japan. I think they pretty much won in the first 10, 15 minutes of that game. Did you watch the mm-hmm. tournament, guys? And did you care about the results, EJ? I care about the results. I didn't watch much. I watched some of the tournament, to be honest with you. Uh, schedule conflicts made it harder to watch it. I, I did watch it, though. But what I couldn't stand, and I it, it, it was a lot, I got a lot of criticism for my comments last week on, on Sunday on social media. Basically saying that hmm, it's funny how people now give a crap about soccer when it's like the very very end of the tournament when you don't watch soccer regularly. That's all I was saying. It's a good thing for the for the women's soccer team. First title, first uh, you know World Cup in 16 years. But come on, people stop being fake about soccer. You, you like you like it, you like it, you don't like it. Don't try to pretend you're a big fan. That's all I'm saying. Mark. You know I'm I've become a pretty big soccer fan going back to about 2010. And so I watched the Germany and Japan games pretty closely. I thought they were great matches. Uh, Carly Lloyd came through in ways that were just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, for the girls to be the first country, you know, I think it's interesting that the men have never won a World Cup. And in so many respects, the United States is a laughing stock in the world soccer community. But the girls just became the first team, the first country to ever win three World Cups. So... I think it's great what they're doing for women's soccer. I think it's great what they're doing for the sport. And as a man and a, and a, a, a red-blooded American, I love the fact that there's like three really good-looking girls on the team, on the team to watch. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 and your Alex Morgan like you know obsession is beyond annoying now, Mark. Oh man, Alex Sydney, and then uh, number twelve, the defense uh, defensive player Julie Johnson. Those girls are gorgeous. Okay. Um, and that's, I, I, okay. I, I, I got I got to be honest. I didn't watch anything. I didn't care about the outcome, and it was two reasons. It was soccer, and it was women's sports. No, thank you. 
All right, one quick thing that is kind of funny about this, the final four, Germany, Great Britain, United States, and Japan, and in order to win the World Cup, the United States had to go through both Germany and Japan. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> right. And that's this week's Hot Five. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about sports a little bit. We're going to talk about Bill Cosby. It's sort of a serious uh, matter. Uh... Um, Bill Cosby. Uh, we're gonna talk about him and, and the situation where he uh, allegedly confessed. Well, he confessed in a grand jury report that he uh, gave Quaaludes to chicks. I don't know. This is. I mean, I'm so shocked. Well, not really. But we'll talk about that. We have Matt Weiner coming in about ten minutes talking some baseball. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna take a little break. Take a little break with us sports today. Um, well, on this segment anyway. Um, so we heard Monday or Tuesday earlier in the week. Apparently, uh, there was a grand jury report. We, now, obviously, we've heard about these Bill Cosby rumors for the last like year and a year and a half, and there was some like inkling about this stuff even years back before it hit the mainstream media. Um, there was a grand jury report. 
that came out that was leaked out on Tuesday that Bill Cosby alleged actually admitted under testimony that he did in fact have quaaludes and then in an attempt to give it to women, drug women to have sex with. Um, which obviously this kind of confirms everything with everybody. You know, we're just focused fire. I mean, <clears throat> there's like over like three dozen women accusing him of of, uh, of rape um, and whatnot. You know, which which obviously disappointing. But but I want to talk about this. Is it right because of these allegations, these rumors, and all this stuff? Is it right for networks and you know streaming devices and even like companies who uh, distribute DVDs? Is it right for them to pull say the Cosby Show DVDs off the shelves? Because I don't, I, I personally think it's a bit extreme. My, my opinion. I, I don't know what you guys say on this one. I think it's a bit extreme because you, in that case, you're not only affecting just Cosby's pocket, but a lot of the people who were involved in, in that project, for example, who had nothing to do with this Cosby situation, uh, you know, off camera, you know, will be affected too negatively. What are you, what, what's your opinion on this whole Cosby thing, and do you think that it's right to pull something shelves? Gee. Um, uh, yeah. I, don't know. I, I, I think if you have the, the, the right to, to uh, I don't know, I, I guess, sell the product, and you have the right to pull it off. Like, there were deals made, and that, that gives you the right. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it, it, you're only going to put out a product that makes you comfortable. You know, and, and if this guy who drugged women and raped women, <laughs> you know, he's cracking jokes about raising kids, you know, on an on 80 sitcom, if that's going to make you uncomfortable, and, and if you if you don't want to even hear the backlash for it, then you pull it. I mean, I have no problem with it, and that's nothing. The people who have been paid for that show have been paid nicely for doing nothing for decades. So I don't really feel bad for them either. I don't feel bad for Malcolm Jamal Warner. I don't feel bad for Felicia Rashad. I'm pretty sure all of them are doing fine with that check-in again for months on top of years, not doing anything. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that this is a trickle-down effect. And this also shows that, that how Bill Cosby, like, it, 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 what, everything you do, it does affect the next person. Like, I, I can do something totally wrong, and it affects my parents. I mean, that, that's pretty much what's happening right now with us. I mean, but, you know, but couldn't, you separate, couldn't you separate the TV and the real person and, and, and say, yeah, great show, whatever, and it, it, it's actually a very positive show, you know, but... At the same time, you know, we know what he did, what what Alessi did to women on the side. Exactly. Well, right. for, but, but you know what, though, but, but, but that's, you know what's funny? Not funny. But for, for all that Bill Cosby's accomplished in his life in comedy and how he, he's been a groundbreaker, you could spew, quote unquote, say. I mean, I, if Rainer Freshly was here, he'd probably, he'd probably have more of an insight on Cosby's impact on comedy. You know, but he had, to, even on the black community, like a huge impact on the black community, like, Nobody's remember anything except that he drugged women and raped them. So that's why you can't show the show anymore. See, oh, and here's what I would offer up for you guys, and that's you know, I, I Ernest, I get where you're going with the idea of pulling shows um, being overly reactive, but this is the Cosby Show. You know, if it was you know family family time or something, and Bill Cosby just happened to be a cast member or even a primary cast member. That's one thing, but it's called The Cosby Show, and it was a fixture. You felt like Cliff Huxtable was your dad for 10 years, and to have been so badly betrayed from a a moralistic standpoint, 
Um, I think I, I think the the I'm guessing it's CBS that owns the show or you know whatever networks are renting the show now. Um, I, I, I see where they're coming from, and I think that you know for example, TV Land pulled Dukes of Hazard because there are images of the Confederate flag seen on the General V. I am somebody who hates the Confederate flag. I think it needs to come down, and I think we need to quit honoring it. I put it in the same bucket as the swastika. But I thought TV Land jumped the gun that just because there was a Confederate flag painted on the roof of the car in 82 or whatever it was, to pull it, I'm like, all right, guys, that's a little t- that's a little touchy-feely. That's a little too far. Right. But you're talking about a guy who who carefully planned and premeditated the rape of women. That is just so disgusting. Right. If you're the network, you got to cut ties. you just got to cut ties. You, you know what else I'll say, too, EJ? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this happened maybe, maybe 10, 15, maybe 15 years ago. But isn't Bill Cosby the one that, that bought the rights to Little Rascals and he pulled off all distribution of it because he didn't like the, rep- the representation of black people through the character of Buckwheat? I mean, he did the I same guess, thing. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, he did the same well, thing, like, pretty much. Even though he took it, it was a different level, but it, 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 he bought the rights to it. He didn't like the way something was represented, and he put a stop to it. So, I mean, pretty much the same thing's happening now. You know, I've always had a unique uh, understanding and appreciation for Bill Cosby because growing up as a kid, my dad didn't like me watching Bill Cosby. The reason oh, for really? that is, yeah, there's a reason, because... My pop, growing up, when he was going to college, was a valet was a valet parking lot attendant at a hotel in L.A., a very, very prominent hotel. And he had some personal interactions with Bill Cosby that were pretty terrible. Um, and the one that he always told, and this happened on a regular basis, but the one story that he always told us was how uh, one time when Bill came in, it was one of his regular visits. See, back in the 60s, people would park their car at, the, at this hotel and then go to the airport. And then so he was a regular for doing that. And on a couple different occasions, he came in and said to my dad and his partner, you know, I'd tip you fellas if you weren't white. <laughs> wow. And this was, uh, this was right around 1970, 1971. So granted, tensions were high. Um, it, it was Los Angeles, but my dad's never been a fan of Bill Cosby and was not a big fan of his kids being fans of Bill Cosby because of his own personal interactions with the man. Right. That's, uh, interesting to hear. Interesting to hear that, that, that kind of, uh, that side of the whole thing. Um, like I said, I, I think everybody has good points for this, for this situation. It's a disappointing situation, obviously. And, and now hearing that it was actually court grand jury t- testimony that him admitting that he's actually done this before, that doesn't matter if he only did the one person out of 40. One person is bad enough. You know, to have 40 plus, or how many people it is now, I, I've lost track, uh, you know, accuse you of this kind of crime, you know, to me it's like, you know, geez, I mean, what, 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 where was, where is the end game there, you know? And, and, and it's, it's so disappointing because Bill Cosby was a hero of mine growing up as a kid too. I mean, I, I, I was a celebrity diehard Cosby show fan, you know? And now show. this what that show. I mean uh, it's an excellent show. One of my top it's on my watch for all the yeah, Hey, yeah. the material is great. You can't change the fact that, you know, there were great life lessons that Cliff was teaching Theo and Rudy and the other kids. You can't change that. But the fact of the matter is that in twenty fifteen, when you get the stain and the stink of that kind of scandal, in order to maintain your brand you gotta you gotta cut that stuff off. 
And, 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 and once again, I, I already said how, how like, the black community like looked to him because he opened doors. I mean, he, he, he put a comedy show on primetime TV where, 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 where the black father was a doctor and the black mother was a lawyer. I mean, like, <laughs> for generations and generations, you, you, you have black kids growing up, and all you had was, like, good times and stuff like that. Like, like you, 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 you saw the black American family in a totally well, different exactly. place. And, like, and it wasn't like PBS was just throwing him a bone, you know, in order to check a diversity box. It was yeah. a dominant show. Yeah. Right. All right. Last time of the show, we come back. We'll have Matt Weiner, Four Fan Journal, talking baseball next. Uh, uh, G, what you got? Plug. Anything to plug? Uh, 
Ah, I think I wrote, but, uh, <laughs> I wrote an album review for the new Meek Mill album, and I wrote an article on somebody. I can't even remember what the hell I was writing about. Was it wasn't an RG3 article, the last article I wrote? Yeah, it was. Yep, it was. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, so that, if you go to gcilio.com, I got the Meek Mill album review. But in August, I will be knocking out the thing I did last year, which is I, w- I will be putting a team-by-team breakdown by the NFL um, going into the preseason. So. And we, will, I think G and I are maybe, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I'll uh, be doing our preview, division by division previews on the uh, Earth Speaking TV. Possibly, we'll work that out. We'll see. Anyway, yeah, we're, it's time. Talk to my lawyer. Talk to my lawyer. Talk money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You talk to my lawyer and talk about money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's time, guys. It's time. It's time for Cheap Seats Weekly with Matt Whitener, St. Louis Cardinals Homer, and baseball guru. Find him on Twitter at Cheap Seats, please, or at sportsfanjournal.com. It's all about the game, and how you play it. all about control, and you can take it. Follow us at Chiefs Man, also at Sports Fan Journal, as well as I, the Baseball Cardinals, and the Kansas City Royals. Matt, what's up? What's going on, fellas? Not much, man, nothing much. Before we do anything here with you, we got some breaking news. Accords reports the Miami Heat has signed Amari Stoudemire. World champs. They just won the 2003 NBA Finals. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's is that is that Pat Riley's <laughs> charitable donation? Got him! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> You're the worst, Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, that formidable front line of Mark Stoudemire. Well, he was pretty good last time. year in a diminished role, though. And he was with good in a diminished role. With rookie sensation Dwayne Wade bringing him up. <laughs> 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 all right, screw you. It's all baseball now. Ready my parade. Anyway, quickly, um, my Mets can't catch a break. They won, by the way, knowing the brag, on the West Coast, two out of three in L.A. at Dodger Stadium, thank you very much. And then two out of three against the World Champs. But Steven Max gets hurt. Now, Officials say it's not that serious, but come on, the Mets can't catch a break. What's going on? What do you think about that? I mean, it's still a that weird team. I mean, we talked about them a little bit last week. I mean, when you just got an offense that is at at, at the best, a, a wish and a prayer type of offense, uh, what, what can you count on? I mean, it, it takes they take a brilliant pitching performance to win nonstop, and sometimes even when you get that, if you can't score it, it's wasted. I mean, you know, look look at look at some of the records of the guys on there against the performance. is kind of like a crybaby, kind of complains, he kind of goes off the handle. Do you think the Mets, when thinking about longer term, should invest more in, in DeGrom and consider at the end of Harvey's reign to, to try to trade him away when, when that time comes? It, 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 uh, and, and I say that if, if this trend continues, because DeGrom's pitching out of his mind right now. Nah, man, they've, got a, they've just got a one and a two right there with a chance to have a really strong three and a four that can be twos for other teams. You don't break that pitching staff up. You rally the horses and you pay them, you know. But uh, 
you know, I mean, Harvey's a personality, and, and, and that's kind of been clear for a while. He's a guy that's got really strong opinions about things, but he's also one of the best pitchers in the game. And for the thing to remember is, you know, he's coming back from pretty serious injury, and him being as good as he's been from far this year and has been had some of the stuff he's got, it's, I mean, it's really, it's really, really shocking looking at what he's doing, considering the fact that he's going to some point time next year. Mark, any questions? No. I want to know, do you see the Mets as reasonably making them, get, getting themselves to the playoffs this year? I mean, that, that NL East is, is pretty soft. Do they have a shot? Are we seeing them in October? I don't think we no. I don't think that we see them in October. I think they'll kind of be like that. I, they've got a chance to finish number two. I think by default, kind of. But um, you know, the problem is is that you know, going back to what we were just talking about, that's not an offense that's built to make it. You know, past this point, I mean, it would take multiple additions to them right now to get serious there. And I just don't think that number one, they've got the ammo to pull that many deals, and then number two, that um, even with that being in the picture, it's going to be really tough to get over the hump against teams like the Pirates and the Cubs. Uh, the surprisingly good Diamondbacks team, and you already know that the Giants are going to turn it on again in the second half because that's just what they do. So uh, it's a numbers game against them, but I mean I, they do have what it takes to stay, you know, reasonably uh, up over 500. I think, which which should be considered a success. Considering. G. I, actually, I don't have nothing current to ask you, Matt. This is actually a question that I, I actually debate with people. And I, I, I respect your I respect your knowledge on baseball past and present. Obviously, you, you, you and me weren't alive during the Lou Gehrig Babe Ruth days. But I always tell people I, I always tell people like when I look at the numbers, when I look at that because I, I I did look back and research it. I tell people I honestly don't understand why Babe Ruth is more celebrated as a baseball player than Lou Gehrig was. And I, I always thought Lou Gehrig was just the more complete player, the the, the better all around hitter, fielder, everything. Even better teammate in person, you can even say. So I don't understand why Babe Ruth always gets that over with Gary. Babe Ruth is one of the best pitchers of all time, too. <laughs> there's, there's, there's that. And here's the thing to take into comparison. Uh, I, I think that Willie Mays is the only player that's ever been any better than Babe Ruth. Is that Babe Ruth was so much, so much better than everybody else. There's never been a player that's been further apart from the pack than Babe Ruth was now, during the time he played. Now, the thing to remember, though, is that while he played with Derek, Derek kept playing and being effective after Ruth retired. I mean, Derek was great when he played with Ruth, but he stayed great after Ruth was gone. In a way, it was kind of like what if Scottie Pippen would have become the best player in the NBA for a long term after playing with Michael Jordan. But, you know, I mean, uh-huh. obviously that didn't happen. But, you know, no, Ruth is kind of mythological, but, you know, Ruth is everything to Matt, did uh, Clayton Kershaw get snubbed? Uh, man, it's tough, man. It's a tough numbers game. To say you got snubbed, it's kind of hard. But then at the same time, I think that if you've got Clayton Kershaw healthy and having a reasonably good year, you make a room for him on the roster. I mean, I know that when I put my team together uh, here earlier this week, I made room for him on the roster because he's not having a bad year. He's just not being what Clayton Kershaw always is. And really, in, a, in a, all intents and purposes, he's really not that far away from it. It's just a case of looking at wins, looking at win-loss record, and saying, you know, he should have more wins. But when you look at him as far as from an effective standpoint, yeah, he absolutely should be on the team already. My boss man here at the network says, Mets, hashtag second wild card spot 
Hashtag wishful thinking. <laughs> what, was my, what was my hashtag, uh, Ernest? They'll blow it by September. <laughs> yep. Matt, and I, Matt, I, was block, I was blocked for that comment, too. Matt, this, 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 when, it, when, when it came out, when, uh, was it, the American League, um, American League All-Star Manager, um, Ned Yost, when, when his decision for, for, picking, for picking his backup first baseman, um, Mark Teixeira, do you think he was just trying to explain his way of snubbing of, of A-Rod, or do you think there was some validity to it? Yeah, I mean, Chris is having a great year. I mean, he's been right there at the top of the league in RPIs all year. Um, you know, it's always tough picking first baseman in the AL because you usually have a couple that are DHs as well, too. Um, you know, I think Tech plays a position. He's a guy that can field, and now with um, with um, Miguel Cabrera out of the game, he actually plays a tactical role as well, too. So, I mean, I, I think I had Tech on my team. I think he deserved it. Uh, I think A-Rod just kind of was a victim of the numbers game at DH, and I, I'm not really a fan of there being – multiple DHs on the team anyway because anybody can really play it. But with that being said, Prince Field is having a brilliant year, so he deserves to be there. But A-Rod just got caught up in the, in the numbers, you know? Two-part question quickly, uh, Matt. Why don't you go? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no I, I, I was going to say this. When, when it comes to the all-star voting and the all-star game meaning something, do you think this is all going to change soon and drastically? I don't know. You know, Manfred, it's, it's a new administration. I mean, a Rob Manfred looking at looking at evaluating a lot of different things. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the All-Star game determining what happens, you know, in a game that's completely unrelated down the road and being, you know, serious, being as pivotal as the World Series. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that have nothing to do with the All-Star game, that, but also would have a lot to do with how home field is, is, is settled for those particular teams. Um, but then at the same time, I mean, it does require a little bit of critical thinking when you look at the all-star game rosters and what you put together. That's how you see some of these guys, some of these relievers that might not get a look in other situations getting there, but they've had fantastic years. So okay. It's tough, but, it, it, but, you know, I mean, it is what it is for right now. Last question before I get you out of here, uh, Matt. We're talking to Matt Weiner, sports fan general, right here on the Earth Podcast. Last question as you go, two-part question. Right now at the break, with the break as a Sunday, your most surprising team and your most disappointing team in the, in baseball is? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's a cliffhanger if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where are you at? <laughs> Wait, Matt, Matt, we, we, Matt, Matt, we missed all that. Start over. Start all over. You missed all that. Cut out. The most surprising team is the New York Yankees. And in a positive way, while the most disappointing teams have to be the Boston Red Sox. You know, I mean, the Yankees have somehow managed to keep that roster together. They're fueled by A-Rod, of all people. A-Rod is riding them through a pennant chase, while the Red Sox spent all of that money and did all the things to make that roster and that lineup what it is, but it's barely treading water now. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a rehash for them of 2010 or 2009 when they spent all that money and then traded away all of it by the trade deadline. Mm, all right. Anyway, you can follow Matt on Show on Time. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Cheap Seat Cheap Seat Fan. All once again, Matt. We will see you in three weeks. Actually, we're taking a, remember we're taking a break, so we'll be back July thirty first. So we'll see you soon. Sounds good, brother. Be good. All right, guys. Take care, man. That's the man, Matt Weiner, right here on the sport, on the Ernest Speaker Podcast. All right, guys. Before we get going, shout outs. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually, this is the second time I shouted around on this show. 
and I was shouting out my my girlfriend because I just realized that like around this time last year, she actually bought all the Cosby Show seasons on DVD. So props to you because I ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shout out. Good job, G. Uh, uh, Mark? All right, I got to give a shout out to the local LA Dodgers affiliate AM570 because I'm heading to Burbank right now to pick up my tickets oh, for tonight's uh, game. So I'm throwing up. Don't watch ah, them beat up, up on the Brewers. Oh, you playing the Brewers, really? Yeah, they're playing the Brewers tonight, and then uh, I think they got the weekend set going into the All Star break. And I think I got to see who's pitching tonight. It might be Granky. No, on a serious note, I want to give a shout-out to, first off, to all the guys here who who support this show, number one. Shout-out to you, G, number one, for, you know, coasting the show every week, you know, do, you know, doing great things with me, and, you know, for the last couple of years, it's been pretty phenomenal. Of course, Mark, you as well, you've been with me from the beginning, with this podcast, like, three, four years ago, and all the guys who support this show, you know, you guys don't have to come on here, and you guys make time out of your schedule to, to, to support and to just banter and whatnot, and I really do appreciate that, man. So, as we go into our two-week break right now, I really do appreciate you guys, and I love you guys. Seriously. Shut up! <laughs> Shut well, up. I got That's nothing but love for you, Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> got <him. laughs> You're terrible, man. But, yeah, Mark, thank you, man. Appreciate that. And, and seriously, man. And, and me, thank you, Mark. And, and, and G, I know, I know G loves me. It's okay. No, but seriously, um, we got, we got a lot of, we got a lot of things going on. One reason why we're on this break is because, uh, um, you know, we're gonna recharge and get things ready for for the fall. Because you know, football time comes around, we got a lot going on. So, and we got more breaking news. So we get going. According to NBA game time, Dwayne Wade has officially signed the Miami Heat. Officially. So that's, that, I'll leave with that. Whoopie do. Yeah, whoopie do. That's that's, that's actually less exciting than Mari. Um, Maria Sharapova, hit me up, Sharapova. I, I want to get some of those sticks. I want to get some of those sticks from you, Sharapova. By the way, Sharapova. Yeah, she is. Three million to go. Mark, I need a plug. No, I got I got no shameless plugs. I got something big I'm working on, but hit me up at uh, at Francois Mark on Twitter. And let's say follow me on Twitter. Easy for number seven. New website, Ernest TV coming in August. We've got a lot going on. In the meantime, see you guys in three weeks. Later, guys. God bless. Later.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.